This is the Sister Squad with Morta, Nona, and Dekuma. <laughs> Nona. Nona. We'll just stop right now. <laughs> okay, welcome to the Sister Squad this week. This week we wanted to talk about um, Chad and Lori Daybell and everything that's gone on with them. So let's just jump right in. Okay, Nona, what do you know about um, Lori Vallow, I guess was her name before she married Daybell? And, um... Um, not a lot, just that she's a crazy biatch that killed her kids. I mean, that was pretty obvious from the start. I mean, if your kid's not missing and you're not really worried about it yeah i know where my kids are all the time like when we go for months i you know i just assume she killed her kids i know that the spouses turned up like weird deaths right right okay so his i know that his ex-spouse that died looks a whole lot like our uncle's um ex-wife freaked me out so those are the things that I know. Hmm. Those are good things to know. Okay. Well, let me tell you what I know uh, because I did the timeline because I've read it out of sequence, you know, like I'll read it for a bit and then more stuff comes up and it's hard to keep track of. So um, Chad Daybell was married originally to a woman named Tammy and they got married. So they got married in the Manti Temple and they had five children. And then um, he, they founded the Spring Creek Book Company. And Chad, he was an author and he published many books. So then they, um, she worked as a librarian and they moved to Salem, Idaho in 2015. So there's just so much to unpack here. So then um, if we pop over to Lori Vallow, she married Chad Vallow in 2006, and she had kids that she came into the marriage with, including Tylee. I think there's an older kid, there's an older boy, and I don't know how many other kids she has besides the two that are now dead. Um, so with this new husband, Ch- Charles Vallow, in 2006, they adopted um, J.J. Vallow, and his name was Joshua J.J. Vallow, and he's the grandson of Charles' sister, Kay Woodcock, who is married to Larry Woodcock. I'm not kidding. You need a diagram for all of this, all of these a weird, flow a flow chart, all of these weird family relationships. So anyway, so she's married to Charles Vallow. They adopt J.J., um... Sometimes in 2014, they moved to Hawaii, and then they moved back, and then um, they moved back to Arizona, and then when they got to Arizona, Tylee's father, Joseph Ryan, died in 2018, and according to the medical examiner's report, the cause of death was ruled as a heart attack. He was cremated, but little other information is available about his death. There are more deaths around these people than around the Clintons. Like, <laughs> That's saying a lot. I'm telling you, like, yeah, it's frightening. Okay, so um, Tylee's father, Joseph Ryan, died April 3rd of 2018. And his cause of death was a heart attack. Oh, 
already. Oh, I did say that already. I'm sorry. He wasn't married to her at the time, so. No, you know, no, he wasn't. Was it probably was a heart attack. Not his, you know, inability to take his strychnine. Not his <laughs> pretend heart attack. They're just like bad news. They came I'm, with poison. I'm telling you, they're bad news. So. Then, like, the, this is funny. I got all this information from East Idaho News, and since most of this happened in Idaho, they really broke some of the, like, news. Um, so it looks like these two crazy, terrible people got together in 2019. And I'm not sure exactly how long they were dating before they got married, because they got married after... Um, Both their spouses mysteriously died. Yeah, that's... <laughs> That's where we are. Thank you. Thank you for summing that up so succinctly. Okay. So, um, so Charles Vallow, while he was still married to Lori, that's remember her, whichever number husband before Chad, he tried to get her mental health help in January of 2019, but then they decided that she was in a normal state of mind and they released her. Um, yeah. Did you read that at the hotel? No. So he came me. home and his kids were missing. He comes home from a trip and she's gone with the kids. That's right. And so he he calls um he calls the police and he says I'm worried. I'm worried my wife is gone. She's missing. She's I'm I'm she afraid crazy. that yeah, I'm afraid that she will hurt my kids and this is all recorded. And so then I don't know who finds him at the hotel. I think he finds him at the hotel. He asks the police to come. And he's asking, he's like, there's this emergency mental evaluation they can do. They can commit her for so many days. Yeah, I don't know if it's 72 three, hours. three days. And he says, I need you to do this evaluation. He has to sign. What happens is somewhere in the parking lot of him finding her and the kids and the police officer leaving, it doesn't get signed. She doesn't get committed then. Then she agrees because the officer talks to her in the parking lot she agrees to go down and talk to them at the station so she goes down and talks to him at the station the next day and they call charles and say hey she's down here and he's like keep her there until i can get there because he had to sign yeah and before he could get there the police officer there's a transcript of their conversation and he's asking her a few questions he's like Oh, no, she sounded fine. She she was okay. He let her go. And Charles is, gets there, and she's already gone. Yeah, it comes. And he's like, she's had a complete psychotic break. Yeah. Complete break. Like, she she needs to be put in. And the sergeant or whoever let her go was like, no, I think she was okay. So when he files for divorce in February of 2019, he says that she believes that she is a god, and she's preparing for the second coming of a Christ, according to court documents. He also claimed that his wife would kill him if he got in her way to perform her mission. So the divorce proceedings uh, were later stopped after he decided he wanted to make the marriage work. You know what that reminds me of? Ghostbusters. Are you a god? (laughs) (laughs) That has nothing to do with anything. I'm sorry. So after about during that time the divorce proceedings she disappears for two months leaving the children with others so they don't even know where she went crazy 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 so and then do you know anything about her niece melanie boudreau this is the one that she told everything to is that right i don't know if that's her sister so melanie boudreau is her niece on 
like her biological niece, who is an adult. And Melanie demanded a divorce from her husband, Brandon, because Melanie gets caught up in this cult that that Lori is in. And um, so now this Melanie is also dragged into this shit show, excuse me, for lack of a better word. And that's her. She's going to become important because she was with um, JJ and Tylee on one of the last days that they were seen yeah. alive. Yeah, she's the one that so, knows everything. Like, she's she is an accomplice. She knew. Yeah. She maybe didn't take part in it. But she had like a 90% idea of what was going to happen going to those on. kids. And so the thing that I didn't find out is, because I've read about this, that Lori had told several people that JJ and Tylee were both, is that her name? Is it Tylee or Kylie? Tylee. Tylee. Okay, just thought I'd made that up. Um, that they were both zombies. Mm-hmm. And so, um, and that was like a while ago. That was not recently that she said that they were zombies. Did you see... He said that um, Gabel said that he could judge a spirit's lightness or darkness, grade him. I see that. No, no. Where did you like? Where? What was that story? Tell me about that. Oh, he was in an article. He one of the things he said was he could judge their lightness or darkness, and he went through and he sent her like a letter, email, or something. I don't know. He judged everyone in like her family. And he judged that little boy, like a degrees, like her ex-husband, I think was like a 3D, 3 dark, like different, like 2L, like 1L, 2L. So all these family members, he judged their lightness or darkness. And he did that kid, the little boy, I think was like a 4.2 light. Was that bad or, or good? One or 4.2 deep dark i was reading the, the message on there and then one person said yeah she should have run the minute her he was telling her 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 daughter was like a dark spirit you yeah know? well she didn't become a dark spirit or a zombie until she didn't want to babysit jj anymore it was a very convenient zombie overtaking of her body because the zombie came in when Tylee refused to babysit jj because jj was special needs he was autistic and so I'm sorry, you are looking at people who wanted a way out. Right. I mean, I don't know people who kill their kids and then go live in Hawaii. <laughs> their doomsday cult usually ends. <laughs> the next step after <laughs> killing your children is you go next, right? <laughs> Not to Hawaii. Dave Bell's email to Lori Vallow on October 30th of 2018. That was like a whole year. I read his wife's obituary. She died in October of 2019. And one of their sons, by the way, was on a mission for the church. Oh, They've got so their horrible. five kids. You'll notice he didn't, he didn't kill his five kids, though. No. I mean, he's a single dad, and he didn't kill his kids. Anyway, so this is a year before his wife has that mysterious death, you know. And so he sent um, two documents on light and dark spirits, ultimately grading Lori Vallow's family members, including her missing kids. What? So, and nut. Then, um, yeah. So hold on. I'll send that to you. Well, anyway, so yeah. Uh, 4.2. Um, let's see. 
current numbers on earth at this time of each estate level. He sounds like a wackadoodle. He sounds like a Scientologist you know? is what he sounds like. Forgive me for saying that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he met her. He was teaching some class at at our church, like at night, which you know was not sanctioned by the church, by the way. So listen to this, Nona. He could be, he could be like a an online gamer. Isn't there like a level thirty two <laughs> jackass? <laughs> you know, like when your kids are like, it does destruction XP two. You're like, what are you talking about? He got mixed up. <laughs> so this is I I linked to another article on the East Idaho News. Um, and the, the name of their cult, air quotes around cult, is called Preparing the People. And they all say that they're like faithful Latter-day Saints, that they're just, you know, they're just a little more special than the rest of us. And so uh, they interviewed yeah. this woman named Jessica, and that's her, fa- they, that's a pseudonym. She didn't want to be identified, but she accepted a job working with, um, with a man in their ward, he tells her, she moves into a new ward up in Idaho and he comes, a ward is a congregation in our church. And so this guy comes over to her and she's married and he's like, I just felt really prompted to tell you that I have a job for you if you wanna take it. And she's like, okay, you know, she needed a job. So she goes and works at his company um, as a, a, some business that he uh, managed out of his home and she was like a secretary or whatever. So, um, our alarm bells ringing off for anyone else. (laughs) Can you imagine what our mother would say? (laughs) Just try to channel your inner Betty right now and think of what she would say. Okay. it, It gets better. So this, this, um, her employer claims to have power to see spirits and cast out evil spirits from people. And he would counsel with people in his home who were supposedly struggling with evil spirits inside of them. And he would claim to cast the spirits out. And she said he wasn't fulfilling a church role or in acting in any official capacity. Because this Jessica, somebody smacks her out of this, you know, coma that she's in to believe all this bullcrap. Is this a soothsayer? Is that what this is? Someone who does that? Demons out! <laughs> <laughs> And I say, demons out. <laughs> okay, go on. So, <laughs> so anyway, she says that his friends knew about his spiritual gifts and they would tell their friends. So this was a word of mouth. Maybe it was like a pyramid scheme. Like, well, that's what it sounds like. I was waiting for MLM to pop out in here somewhere. So he come to comfort the sick and bring the stray lamb to the fold. Let him who's troubled. Let him who. Okay, go on. So he appeared to this Jessica. She had celiac disease and blood sugar problems and thyroid issues. And so he, air quotes again, healed her of these issues. And as a result, she stopped taking her medications and her supplements and ate gluten again. There's, oh my gosh. It gets better. Just wait, just wait. So she thought that even his gifts like extended into the digital realm that one time they were having computer problems and he invoked his spiritual power to repair a broken computer server. And she says, I know it was different at the time. I wasn't going to judge what works for somebody. In my mind, I was working there because God wanted me to, and I wasn't going to question God. How do they find these people? There's got to be a beacon on your head that says, I am gullible. (laughs) I am a victim. Predators, please look at me. I will believe anything you say. 
If you are a lion, I look like a baby gazelle. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a sheep. <laughs> so anyway, her employer gives her tickets to this Preparing the People conference. And um, she goes, and she was super excited. They go, She goes to this conference, and um, they predict at this... And Chad Daybell is involved in all of this. He's not her employer, but he's like one of the key players. So they predict a foreign invasion in the United States, plagues, and massive economic collapse. And apparently... Well, shit. Apparently it tripped her away. Before the end comes, there's the murder hornets, there's the pandemic, but you need to... Earthquakes. Earthquakes. You need a little time in Kauai. Just... The virus. The Tona virus, Yeah. So, uh, virus, B-I-R-I-S, the Tona virus. There you go. So anyway, she said that many in her group believed that one day there would be a call out, that local leaders of the church would stand up and issue a call for all the members that had followed the directive to store up food and gather it, and that they would take it to locations for building up tent cities. So she and her husband spent... Oh my God, <laughs> did they go to Chop or Chaz? <laughs> No, this they... is all starting to make sense to me. I'm connecting the dots. <laughs> okay, go on. They were men and women before their time. I mean, Dekuma. So she and her husband spent fifteen to $20,000 like buying um, food and charcoal. Charcoal. They needed charcoal to make a fire. Don't look at me like that. <laughs> Sorry, I was lost. A year's supply of charcoal. So, poor Jessica. During this whole time, she says, I was praying, I was seeking support and comfort from God. And so I ultimately decided that this was the best thing. So, at some point, she talks to another faithful Latter-day Saint member of the church. And her friend looks at her like she has sprouts growing out of her head and says, You are involved with a cult. This has nothing to do with the church. This is all crazy talk. And um, she told me I'd been involved in a cult and none of this stuff was okay and it was abuse. And I didn't believe her. So at some point, she finally starts to wake up. Her She says that she's having emotional problems. She goes and talks to her boss who sends her to probably a soothsayer. <laughs> a shaman within their own religion. Anyway, her her marriage goes down the the drain and she ends up going to a real psychotherapist who says, yeah, by the way, Molly, you in trouble, girl. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't help it. Uh, so true. she gets divorced. So this is what that Chad Daybell is like. Can we pause? Yes. Uh, I mean, not really pause, but let's just throw, take, a, take a break. Let's No, let's just take a comment here. Uh, did He asked her to be one of his wives. You know he did. Oh, I, you I, know it. I'm sure that he had been called upon to take another wife, and she was it. And um, she just didn't tell me, us that. He, I think you are mistaken there. He only needed one wife at a time. He just had to kill the other one first. <laughs> well, this isn't you, even the one guy. This is a different cult yeah yeah so this or not the same cult but i mean a different person in the cult yeah she's just telling about how the cult goes down how everything goes down so this is the preparing the people group but it's also been um 
another voice of warning. Have you seen that pop up on your like Instagram or whatever? No. I thought that like, so it's another voice of warning and they quote um, early prophets from the church. And so I'm like, what is this? It's a bunch of crackpots that are um, using quotes from the early um, years of the church and trying to apply them to now as far as like getting yourself together, coming out west, like, um, come on, freaky deeks. So anyway, this is what um, Lori Vallow and Chad Daybell were involved with. Crazy. So back to our timeline with these two terrible, horrible people. Then we're going to just zip forward to the 2019 and all the crap that goes down. In 2019, on July 11th, remember Alex Cox is Lori's brother. He shoots and kills her ex-husband, Charles Vallow. And remember, pardon me, Nona? Date was that again? July 11th, 2019. So remember that Charles Vallow was afraid of this woman killing him. Like she was crazy. And um, so like clearly now we all believe that she put her brother up to this. It was at the time it was. Pardon me. Was he in the cult too? I don't know if he was or not, but he was certainly under her control. Because he was yeah, hanging was out with her. And the date, because it seems like it all heated up right there. He dies in July and then her husband, then uh, Chad Daybell's wife in October. I mean, that's. Right. Three months apart. Yeah. Well, you know, at that time, they rule this uh, self-defense killing. And by the end of August 2019, Lori and the children, Alex, her brother, and Melanie, her niece, they all moved to Rexburg. So that was July 11th that um, Alex shot Charles Vallow. On September 8th... um, Tylee, JJ, Lori, and Alex visit Yellowstone. And that's, I sent you guys the cutest picture of um, Tylee, JJ, and Alex from Yellowstone. Nona, it will be on your messenger. Yeah, I had not seen that picture it's before. darling, and it's, it's so heartbreaking. Sad. Yeah. Because they're just happy. And that's the last time anyone saw Tylee. Like, she disappears after that. And I thought they threw in a hot pot. Everybody thought she, they threw her in a hot pot. I'm like, and then the rumors in Rexburg were that they had sold her into slavery. That they had taken her from there and then sold her Like to sex, traf- mm-hmm. sex traffickers. Which, are they smart enough to do that? Mm. Jerks. Evil They're, enough. They are evil enough. I, I would believe it. That's a bad deal. So, oh, I know. It's horrible. It's just horrible. Like, all she had to do, there were so many people who loved these kids. Um, they could have gone to live with grandparents or aunts or uncles. There were there was someone for each one of the children. She didn't have to kill them. She's just a crazy witch. So once in Rexburg, Lori enrolls JJ in school on September 3rd at the elementary. And three weeks later, on September 23rd, JJ last attended class. And the following day, his mother unenrolled him, saying she would homeschool the boy. Police say Tylee was also last seen in September, but it remains unclear where. The family said she wasn't enrolled in school since she graduated early. And she was probably already dead, you know? 
So then, no. What was that, Nona? It said she graduated to heaven. Yeah, it's horrible. Like, what? Uh, they're going to hell. So on October 1st, Lori rents a 10 by 10 storage unit in Rexburg. And that is the one that they found, like, all of the bikes and the kids' equipment and stuff that they got rid of. And so surveillance cameras show Daybell and a man associated um, with her nine times um, in October and once in November. Often the man who appears to be Alex Cox, um, Daybell's brother, came along. And that's when they, you know, they found all of the kids' stuff in there. So clearly by October 1st, they're probably both dead. If she unenrolled JJ on September 23rd, he was probably dead on the 22nd. Well, so Melanie saw him that night. And do you have this information? No, go, go so ahead. So on the 22nd, they were friends which i think is melanie came over to her house and by the way she'd been telling melanie about them being zombies and kind of leading in a zombie means that they're no longer tylee and jj anymore a dark spirit has taken over them and they're gone now and they need to be killed so she's saying this rhetoric to melanie and melanie's not doing anything about it she knows what's coming so uh tylee is now missing and no one seems to ask about her this is I guess, okay, for one of your kids just not to show up anymore. Um, so on the 22nd, she has Melanie over and Alex is over. And she, Alex was living with her in the same apartment. Then he moved in the same apartment building to a different apartment, to a different unit. Okay. And so that night, um, JJ was like crawling around on the cupboards or something, doing something extremely irritating. Because he's 11 and he has and he's on the spectrum. Needs. Yeah. Yeah. And so Alex, somewhere in there, takes him home, supposedly, because Melanie wakes up the next morning and is like, where's JJ? JJ's no longer there. He's just disappeared like Tylee did. And she's like, oh, Alex had to take him home in the night. He was uh, getting obnoxious or being obnoxious. And so this is also when they ping Alex's phone and they see that he was over on the property where they found the, where they the kids. found the kids he was there from like do you think they just suffocated him because there was a bag over his head when they found him like mm. so he was wrapped up in garbage bags but there was a white bag over his head and he was covered in duct tape oh my gosh isn't that horrible i want to throw up thinking about well, it well i think he went over there and it both of these times the daybell guy helped him was was he was pinged at the same place too yeah. did you read the transcript between him and his wife at the time no so i don't know if this was tylee missing this was tylee missing the first one because alex cox is at the property from 2 a.m to 6 a.m that right. day and chad daybell is also at the property and then he tells in a text or a phone call with his wife he talks about oh I just had to burn some stuff in the backyard, killed a raccoon, a pesky varmint, oh. uh, just so you know. Oh. And then she says she's going somewhere, and he says that he's he's um, going back to BYU. I'll be over at BYU. Like, I'll be doing a class over at BYU. This is... So, when did she die? September... When did... September 8th, she was seen When in... did his wife die? October, like, 19th or something. Of 18 or 19? Uh, of 19. Long. I had her 
obituary pulled up. I guess I lost it. Hmm. I'll find her obituary. Second. It seems like it was, it seemed like it was like the 19th. Of 2019? Yeah, 2019. Yeah, so so he's on the phone with his wife saying, oh, I just had to burn some stuff oh, in the backyard. What a terrible and, jackass. And it's obviously Tylee. Is that in their home or a separate property? That's on Daybell's property. That's where they found the kids. October 19th, 2019. Yeah. So it was... When Tylee went missing was when they did that. So he's he's covering his tracks with lies, like texting back and forth, and then covering. So when his wife comes home and smells burnt carcass, like explaining the smell away. And I can't remember what he said he killed, uh, like raccoons or something had gotten in. Well, and that's where they found her. Like when they found her, she was dismembered. Like JJ was found in one piece with they could identify him as soon as they saw him but she was like she was angled, dismembered and burned and she was buried in what they described as a pet cemetery so with dogs and cats yeah and they're gonna go to hell and i hope and that we all can witness it oh my goodness gracious let's see so where do we get to so so the we were at the storage shed. So then on October second, Brandon Boudreaux, um, remember, that's Melanie's husband. He was shot at, um, but the bullet missed his head. He he heard it whiz by, and the shooter was driving a jeep registered to the then dead Charles Vallow. So that same day, Lori Vallow purchases a wedding ring on Amazon, and it was later seen on a finger on her finger at a beach wedding. So the supposition is that um, that Alex shot at um, at Brandon Boudreaux, or it could have been Lori. Who knows? But they they thought I read somewhere else that they thought it was Alex at that point. So then on October 9th, Tammy Daybell, um, Chad's wife, called nine one one and said a masked man shot at her with a paintball gun. She wrote about the experience on a Facebook post saying she has no idea what the motive was. Oh, Tammy. I'm sorry. Yeah. Like, it wasn't a paintball. Yeah, it wasn't a paintball. It's never a mannequin. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, crime junkies. <laughs> so, 10 days later, the family calls 911 saying that Tammy Daybell died in her sleep at their Salem home. And investigators ruled the death as natural. And she was buried in Evergreen Cemetery in Springville, Utah, on October. They dug her back up, didn't they? They did dig her back up, and they said, "I think they, the autopsy results are pending, or it was they ruled it as suspicious, but they haven't said anything else that I have read." You can Google while we're talking. Um, so a friend of Tylee's said that she received a text message from Tylee's number on October twenty fifth. And the newspaper reports that the text read, Hi, miss you guys. Love ya. Miss you guys too. Love ya. And I wonder if those morons at some point thought, Oh, well, somebody might start asking where these kids are. Because you know what they did was they moved away. They moved all over the place so frequently that, no one you know, them. grandparents are having a hard time. Um, Tylee's dad is dead. So her grandparents are the ones looking for her. Yes. 
because her dad, so she has no voice to protect her. Oh, it just makes me so mad. So the Rexburg Police Department said in a news release that within weeks of Tammy's death, her husband, Chad Daybell and Lori Vallow Daybell were married. How convenient. Um, they co- The couple married in Hawaii on November 5th. It's what every doomsday cultist wants to do. <laughs> Have the perfect wedding on a beach in Hawaii. Like before God doomsday hits. Well, you know what mom said? Is she's like, or maybe it was you, Daykuma. It was about the money. Like Tammy yes. dies, there's a big insurance payout. Yeah. And Charles Vallow dies. And um, he had already, he was afraid of that stupid, crazy bitch, Lori. And so he had already changed his life insurance policy and put his sister as the beneficiary. But they still, because I was thinking, how do they have money to be skipping off to Hawaii for five weeks? You know? But that was a shockeroo. Yeah, when when they got the insurance policy and she wasn't on it. Well, and so that's why Tammy had to die. Because Charles died first, remember? It's like, well, Tammy, sorry. <laughs> You're going to have to take one for the team, team Tammy. <laughs> Poor Tammy. Tammy, rest in peace. We're sorry we're not laughing that you died. These people are just garbage, and I hate them. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. So they get married. And then Chad Daybell told witnesses when they were in Hawaii that Lori Daybell had no minor children. Police also say that Lori Daybell told people that Tylee had died years ago. So then when people are saying, oh, well, we just don't know where the kids are. And and I don't think that Lori was a good mother. She wouldn't hurt the kids. She was already telling people that her daughter was dead. I mean, how arrogant to think that this is never going to catch up with you. That people are not going to notice that your kids are dead. So on November 26th, the Rexburg Police Department were called to conduct a welfare check for JJ at the request of his extended family. And I think that was also his grandparents Uh on the other side. Uh, The police did not see JJ at the townhome in in Idaho. And the Daybells told them that JJ went to stay with someone in Arizona. I mean, and you know what's crazy about the police is they have a phone and they called the person in Arizona. And she's like, that's not true. I don't have him. I haven't seen him in months. And um, so then, of course, everyone's like, where are these kids? The next morning, the Rexburg police, that would be November 27th, 2019, they were asked to serve a search warrant at the request of the Arizona authorities because Arizona police are like, hey, he's not down here. And the Madison County Sheriff's Dispatch log indicates that a phone pinged at the 565 Pioneer Road townhomes at that moment. And that's where they lived there in Idaho. The log also indicated a call related to a missing seven-year-old, now known to be JJ, at homicide investigations in Arizona. When police arrived, they discovered that the Daybells had abruptly left. Oh, I just hate them, and I don't hate very many people. So on December 1st, Chad and Lori caught an American Airlines flight to Hawaii, to the island of Kauai, and they did not fly with the children. That's because they were already... Maybe they thought that Hawaii was another country (laughs) and it didn't have an extradition policy. Morons. So on December 6th, Melanie Gibb contacts the Reichsburg police to say that Chad and Lori had called her on November 26th to ask her to lie about the location of the missing children. Why did it take her so long? Melanie, come on, girl. Get it together. But she's the one that's been traveling with them. Melanie Gibb? Is she not? 
Who's Melanie Gibb? Is that her? I'm guessing that's her that's maiden name. Oh, okay. Well, then. That's why I was asking if it was the same person. Got it. it. Boudreaux or whatever. Boudreaux, yeah. And now now she's Melanie Gibb. Now she's... Yeah. Like, you just want to drop that Boudreaux. Mm-hmm. I, I bet Brandon Boudreaux is super happy that she's yes. now Melanie Gibb. Yep. Like, she is in the rearview mirror far away. So, as deputies uncover more details... So we're still in November or December. The Fremont County Sheriff's Office began calling Tammy Daybell's death suspicious. Yeah, I'll bet they did. Investigators exhumed Tammy Daybell's body on December 11th of 19 and performed an autopsy in Utah, and the results of that autopsy are pending. So on December 12th, Alex Cox, the brother of Lori Daybell, dies under mysterious circumstances in Gilbert, Arizona. Boom, boom, boom. Why in that loose ends, eh? Well, you know what? I If I were him, I'd want to be dead as well. Like, he helped kill, or he was a party to killing children. And he killed his ex-brother-in-law, and I don't know who all else. He was complicit in all of it. Chopped up his niece, who was 17 years old, burned her body, and buried it with his new brother-in-law. Like, oh my goodness gracious. You know, Chad Daybell, uh, he didn't kill his kids. He's got five kids. What a garbage like, human being. I mean, like it's nice that, I mean, it's nice that he didn't kill his children. I'm grateful well, that he what didn't. What I'm saying is, she's like a whole big pack of crazy. What about, um, and jumping back, how about that cop that let her go? That's what I thought too. Um, I thought that he probably looks back at that transcript and thinks, I, if I would have just taken a little bit longer or if I had known, but who knows? Maybe she's just a great manipulator. Yeah, she's not crazy at all. She's just a bitch. Yeah. <laughs> evil, people are, evil people are going to do evil things, but you know, yeah. no, like what, if she'd have got some help, maybe. Well, and that uh, Charles, her husband said, my wife has had a complete psychotic break. She thinks that she's married to the angel Moroni and she's doing his mission like she she had gone completely off the rails yeah. wasn't even close to normal and he was begging for help you can't that's so sad you can't do anything more than what he had done and that's he was so worth december 20th oh sorry <laughs> they come us over here poking me like i'm the pause button <laughs> speak speak more to speak all right so december 20th of 2019 the rexburg police department goes public on their search for jj jj and tiley they also say the children's disappearance is possibly linked to the suspicious death of tammy daybell the following day the police then call chad and Lori daybell's um they call them persons of interest in the kids disappearance um the monday following the announcement on the 23rd of december the attorney representing the Daybells, Sean Bartholick, oh, sucker, of Rigby, Andres, and Rigby released a statement. Any more than mine, by the way. <laughs> Bartholick. That is a worse name than mine. Bartholick called the parents loving and devoted. What do you think about that now, Sean? He said they will address the allegations once they move beyond rumor and speculation. All right, segue. How much would someone have to pay you to be a criminal defense attorney? Mm, I couldn't do it. I couldn't either. Oh, uh, they're fighting for evil. I mean, everyone would a defense. But I we, think that the way the law system works now, I think a lot of defense attorneys are 
know, they want to win for their client. And I don't think it's necessarily just putting up a good defense. It's like they want to get them off. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm glad we have, I'm very appreciative for our justice system and we have to have criminal defense attorneys, but you would have to have a pretty like stomach made of steel to take some of those cases. But anyway, I digress. Um, so one week after the public announcement, Regsburg um, Assistant Chief Gary Hagan tells the EastIdahoNews.com, and that's where I'm getting this whole timeline, by the way, that investigators are no closer to finding JJ entirely. He also said that investigators are using every tool available to find those missing kids. And then on December 30th, Rexburg Police Department issued an updated news release saying, we also have information indicating that Lori knows either the location of the children or what has happened to them. They called the parents' lack of cooperation astonishing as the couple left the state rather than help law enforcement. And everybody, even at that time, I posted on a Facebook thread like on NBC News or something. I'm like, you guys, let's face it. Those poor kids are dead. And someone's like, why would you say that? I'm like, well, where do you think they are? Yeah, they haven't been seen. In months. Their parents are on permanent vacation. Oh. No. Well, and the oh, thought. Well, one in the clouds and the other one in Hawaii. The worst thought was that they were alive and captive or like that, like thinking that the daughter had been sold into slavery or, you know, I, I mean, there were, there are things that are worse to think about than death. Right. Right. I think that all the time, there are things worse than death. Oh my goodness. Yeah. A lot of parents that have missing kids, it's as hard as it is knowing whatever happened to them, that not knowing is worse. Yeah. Um, I wondering. agree. You know, she didn't have to wonder. She knew exactly what happened. Well, that's why they were kicking up their heels in Hawaii. It's like, well, I'm not worried. I know where they are. They're in the backyard. Oh, I hate her. All right. So in 2020, the local investigators in the FBI served a search warrant on the Daybell home in Salem um, on January 3rd. And investigators recovered 43 items, which included computers, cell phones, journals, documents, and medications. And they were sent to the lab for further analysis. As investigators continued to look, JJ's grandparents, um, Larry and Kay Woodcock, traveled to Rexburg from their home in Louisiana. See, that's why it was so hard, is because they were so far away, right. you know? So they met with investigators. And while in town, they held a news conference to announce $20,000 reward for information leading to the recovery of the kids. And they said, these are beautiful young children. They're two extremely intelligent young children, and we want them back. We want them back in our family. And Larry said, we don't say the D word, and I'm sure he means dead or death. We don't want to, and we're not going to, because we truly believe and we hope and pray these kids are alive. And so at that point, Chad Daybell's brother, Matt Daybell, pleads with Chad to cooperate with the investigation. And that was on January 10th. And um, the brother said that Chad's immediate family had little association with the author due to concerns with his religious claims and particular books he published, including his own. So his family thought he was a crackpot. He was probably seeing a 20-foot Jesus. I think it's interesting that, like, her sister, you know, like, her sister was defending her, like, Lori Daybell's sister. Like, oh, she would never, her family, she would never hurt them. Oh, it's, I always find it interesting, at what point do you, you know, do you actually believe, okay. The point that she's vacationing in Hawaii, her kids are missing. Yeah. And, and, and she hasn't, okay. 
She hasn't ever indicated that they're missing or said a word about them. Like she's not worried, not you and I all know every one of us that if one of our children were missing, we would be turning over every rock on the planet to find them. Whether they were seven years old, 17 years old, or 30 years old, like it wouldn't matter. Like nothing would stop us from looking and finding our kids. And so the fact that she's going to skip off to Hawaii like a young yeah. newlywed is disgusting. And, and you know, like the whole zombies bullshit, like she didn't believe in zombies too much while she was in Hawaii. No. No, that's what I said. Very convenient. And Tylee wasn't a zombie until she wouldn't babysit JJ anymore. Yeah, it's like he's hard. Take care of your own kid. Mm-hmm. He's my brother. I love him. But I'm not his mother. Yeah, she's 17. Totally age-appropriate behavior. Mm-hmm. I'm a 17-year-old. I need to be on Snapchat and Instagram. So, um, ugh, I just really don't like these people. So, Fox 10 in Phoenix obtained records, including body fa- camera footage that detailed the moments after Alex Cox is believed to have shot Charles Value. In the reports, portions of Cox's and Lori Dale's, Daybell's story contradicted each other. Oh, my goodness. And on January 12th, tw- pardon me? Imagine that. <laughs> on January 25th, the Kauai Police Department served Lori Daybell with a notice that she must produce J.J. and Tylee to the Idaho Department of Health and Welfare or Rexburg Police Department in five days. And then this is going to shock you, but she didn't do that. (laughs) On January 29th, um, that little J.J.'s grandparents, Kay and Larry Woodcock, filed for guardianship of J.J. in the Madison County Magistrate Court. How sad for them. Their son was dead, killed by her and her brother, and then their grandchild was missing, and now we know he was dead. Yeah. I, I don't even know that I can wrap my mind around the scope of that tragedy for those people. No. Ugh. On January 30th, Lori Daybell misses the 5 p.m. deadline. I already told you that. On February 3rd, um, that's when the EastIdahoNews.com visited the storage unit where Lori Daybell um, had abandoned several of the kids' items. And they found the bikes, a scooter, winter clothing, a photo album, a backpack with JJ's initials on it, um, a jersey with Colby Ryan, that's her oldest son, name on it. And there were blankets showing photos of the children. One focused on JJ and the other had pictures of Tylee. Yeah, they don't want to look at those. Those faces staring back at them. No. Ugh. On February... It's so that they kept all their stuff. Well, they put it in a storage unit. They couldn't get rid of it. I mean, they're already under investigation. So they have to, like, get rid of it so they can't look at it, but... They can't throw it in the garbage. Yeah, somebody go through their garbage, like me. I watch forensic files. I know that once you put it on the street, it's public domain. (laughs) Well, I watch Chicago PD. All they needed was to let Sergeant Hank Volk put her down to the cage and beat the out of her. We would have known. You're right. Sergeant Boyd, he is a pretended dirty cop, but, you know, and he really is kind. He's an anti-hero. I like him, too. I like him, too. We watch that at our house. Uh, Well, you know, it's like, don't you just wish? I mean, I found myself wishing they could have just taken her in there and roughed her up a little bit. (laughs) And, And, you know, some of that thing where they say, Oh, you don't have to tell me, but, you know, 
brothers in prison and I can have them thrown into the general population and all of a sudden they spill their guts. Or if they just hit them with a sack full of quarters. (laughs) I like that. There's that. I watch Yellowstone. (laughs) Yellowstone, you throw them in. You throw them in a horse trailer and you drive the horse trailer around and you slam on the brakes a few times. But you hope not to break their neck. So. The hospital, not the morgue, right? Yeah. That's where you want them. Yep. I just watched The Lincoln Lawyer. So, okay. We're we're really good at this. (laughs) We are professionals and experts. So, on February 20th, police in Kauai finally arrest Lori Daybell on 5 million warrant out of Madison County. And she's charged with two felony counts of desertion and non-supportive dependent children. She was also charged with arrests and seizures, resisting or obstructing officers, criminal solicitation to commit a crime. And you think that's for, like, putting her brother up to killing her, her husband? Mm-hmm. And contempt of court, willful disobedience of court process. So she waives extradition to Idaho after six days behind bars in Hawaii. Um, March 4th, she appears in the Kauai court for the last time as the final details of the extradition process are discussed. Her attorneys stand by her using her Fifth Amendment right to remain silent. Yeah, no kidding. Uh, let's see. Blah, blah, blah. So she finally gets back to Idaho on March 6th. And hundreds wait in line and hope to catch a glimpse of the hearing where the magistrate judge reduces her bail to $1 million. And she remains in jail to this day, unable to post bond. And they've tried to get her her bail reduced. Like they're going to let this moron out of jail? Are you kidding? They, they just stepped it to $2 million. In the last, in the thing that they just did, the last hearing. Oh, good. Just start with conspiracy. Well, good. It needs to be yeah. about $10 billion. Yeah, they, they, they increased hers. I think his is still a million, but they just increased hers to $2 million. Well, they probably spent all that life insurance zippity-doo-dawing around Hawaii, so they can just get comfy with their three square meals and their orange jumpsuit. Okay, let's talk about his kids. It's five kids, one of who was on a mission for the church. Can you imagine? Oh, horrible. I just can't even, I can't imagine being related to that kind of trash. I would change my name to Mud. Uh, he murdered, you know that, you know that they, it was so tragic to have their mother gone and then to realize that not only is there, she gone, but. Their dad killed her. Like murdered her and hand in those kids deaths it's like i'd be thinking if he could do that you know thank god he wasn't that close to us you know right right well and he was off the rails before before he got to this point i mean he was you know seeing his 20 foot jesus and going and and preaching about it i'm sure those kids have a lot more problems than than the obvious like it goes a lot deeper than than what we know they're going to have from the loss of their mother, the loss of their father through his actions. Yeah, terrible. So back to our story. Um, on April 9th, there was a major development, and they were being investigated for conspiracy, blah 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 On May 1st, she asked for a reduction in her bail. Ha ha. And then, um, this is interesting, the Maricopa County Medical Examiner released a report of the autopsy on Alex Cox. And they say that he died of natural causes, more specifically blood clots in his lungs. That, my friends, is karma. Karma. Oh, I didn't know that. 
I didn't either. Um, around 7 a.m. on June 9th, this is the sad part that we all know was coming. They, um, the FBI and the Fremont County Sheriff's Office serve a search warrant at the Salem um, home of Chad Daybell. And within hours, they uncover what they call the unidentified remains and bring in a backhoe to dig deeper in the backyard. And but it says they went specifically to that spot. So do you think they turned over and told them? No, they had, um, I don't think they told them. What they did was they found the um, cell phone pings. That that's the ones where that were at like two o'clock in the morning to six o'clock in the morning. Yeah. And Alex, when Alex Cox was still alive, Chad and Alex, both of their phones were together and pinging at that place. And so, and then they had satellite images that I found somewhere else that showed um, the the earth had been recently dug up. And so then they went in there and started digging. And um, so at 11.30 on June 9th, Chad Daybell is taken into custody about a mile from his home. And law enforcement had found human remains on his property. He was booked on two felony charges of concealment, distribution, or alteration of evidence. And then let's skip, skip, skip down to the... Um, the next day, they after looking at the phone records, Cox's phone had pinged some... Hundred miles away in Rexburg, Idaho, where the children's tortured bodies were found, buried in Lori's husband's Chad Daybell's backyard. Yeah. So, and then Ryan Tiley's remains were found dismembered and burned, scattered among dog and cat bones, in a pet cemetery. While Joshua's tiny body was found tightly wrapped in black plastic and bound with gray duct tape. And then there was a white plastic bag over his head. So Tiley's remains were burned, and she was dismembered. And I think that those terrible, horrible humans need to rot in hell. That's what I think. That's all I've got. And I don't know if there's anything that leads us up to like the last, I mean, today's what, July 2nd, 3rd, 2nd. And that's all the information as of like two weeks ago. I do not know, I do not know how someone could cut up a human body. I don't I just, know either. You know, That's... Even if they're dead. I mean, even if they're dead, it's like, I, I just, I don't know. That is just so disgusting. To, I just can't imagine. Well, no. I think that even like medical students who go and do the anatomy lab, it's very difficult. Like, you know, it's, it's a I difficult job. That next. Did you have to cut on anything? What did you have to cut on? No, I didn't do um, gross anatomy. When I went to Weber, they didn't have a lab. And so I just did the, um, you know, I just did the class. I didn't have a lab that was associated with it. But they do have a cadaver lab now. Yeah, but by the time you've killed someone, I mean, that's just the next step. Yeah. Like, you've crossed over so many lines that, okay, now, now what do we do? No, okay, now this is the next step. This is what yeah. we're going to do. Why you would go to dismembering and burning? Why they didn't just bury her? Right. Well, and they killed her first, tried to dismember her and burn her. And maybe that was a lot of work because then by the time they they killed the little guy, then they just dug Bury a him. hole and buried him. It's just so it's, disgusting. It's hard to burn a human body. Well, oh, I don't think people realize... Um, yeah. You know, what it takes. 
mean, you can start, but boy, once you start, like smoke and that, you know, because you're fat and stuff, smoke, the smell, that there's disgusting. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it'll be interesting to see. I think that those two pieces of garbage will end up taking a plea. Do they have the death penalty in Idaho? I would think so. I would guess most Western states do. So they will probably take a plea to avoid the death penalty. But I really think that they need to, if they offer them that, they need to like spill the beans and say everything that they did. Oh, they're narcissists. They're not going to. They're not going to. Take a plea or spill? Spill. No, they'll they'll just keep it to themselves, thinking somehow that they're going to talk their way out of this. That they can, yeah. Well, he's just such a psychopathic nightmare. And not that she isn't either. You know, they both are horrible, horrible people. But his, um, like his stories and his megalomania that everybody's going to like follow me, uh, I just think, yikums. He was a... 10 pounds worth of crazy in a five pound bag for a long time before he met her. And the two of them together was just a, you know, like lighting a match on a gasoline spill. That's all I got to say about that, Nona. Uh, well, there you have it. Well, they're all, they're all in heaven, you know. Not the brother-in-law. It was it was so. kind of a relief to think that those kids weren't being tortured or nothing. Yeah, had been happening to them for months, and they are in heaven. And guess what? They met their what dad in they? heaven. You know. Yeah. Their dad met up with them in what October? Well, that was JJ's dad. What about Tylee's dad? They're all dead, aren't they? Godfrey, they killed everybody. Uh, there's so many deaths around him. Oh my gosh. Just FYI. His wife, her husband, and, and both kids. And her brother. Oh, and her brother. And then... Well, her brother, you know, however he died, he's not He's not going. He's not going anywhere where they're going. And there you know? was the previous one, that someone that died previously. I think it was Tylee Ryan's dad. Was I dead. mean, he, didn't, he went... He was divorced from her. But, you know, her that brother-in-law, her brother-in-law no, her is going to be shoveling coal at Tylee's no. dad is dead, too. Joseph Ryan is deceased. Yeah, but, but she didn't kill him. That we know of. <laughs> they were divorced. She divorced him in, like, 2004 or something. That's true. He died in 2018. Didn't kill him. That yeah. brother-in-law that was in on the murder and those kids or whatever, and probably shooting, you know, that shot her husband. He's going to be in hell till, you know. There's Chad Daybell. I don't know how long. Well, I'm just thinking of that Chad Daybell thinking that he's such a righteous, wonderful. Like, at what point do you think that if he has ever yet? realized how far off the rails he went from any form of christianity i'm telling you i don't think that they do i think he's a narcissist i think that it's there's no remorse in someone like that that this is just who they are and they still think he still thinks at this point that he's got everyone buffaloed 
Yeah, it's like... Uh, their sorrow is the sorrow of the damned. Yep, mm-hmm. agreed. And they can't be happy in their wickedness. No. How could this have happened after all our planning? <laughs> Molly, you in trouble. <laughs> oh my goodness, I just banged my knee. Where does that come from? That's from Ghost. From when, Ghost. When, <laughs> what does he say? You when, can't tell Patrick. Like that. Patrick Swayze says to says to Oprah, you got to tell her, Molly, you're in trouble. And she's like, you can't just say it like that. He's like, okay, fine. Say it your way. And she's like, Molly, you in trouble, girl. <laughs> That's one of the best lines ever. Oh, goodness. Goodness. I loved her. Gracious. Political. What are you getting out of quarantine? Me? Yes, yeah, you. You need to come and do this in person with us. The twelfth of never probably. Holy crap! But no, I'll have to maybe wear a mask. I don't know. I'm getting tired now that things are heating up. It's really heating up, and I'm I'm exhausted of being isolated. <laughs> you know, now that there's the Tona virus everywhere, it's like, yeah. oh man, I don't know how much more of this I can stand. Oh, to be honest, I don't mind it. <laughs> uh, the only things I ever went and did was doing my podcast and work and going to work that was it do you I'm remember that place where you used to work <laughs> i think they're going to be bringing my work to me in the next week or two. Oh, that's awesome yeah, oh that's- yeah i'm doing my part and home and getting paid and not spreading the virus welcome you're so noble <laughs> you're welcome thank you nona dollars at work yeah your noble sacrifice is noted and appreciated. Thank you once again for joining the Sister Squad and listening to us and our podcast. Um, there is a bonus track following. This is my disclaimer. Please don't judge us by what you hear. We were young once too. And if my kids are listening, you can go ahead and turn off the podcast now. Because she's a driver's ed instructor now. <laughs> because, you know, now I'm I'm trending. I'm breaking the glass ceiling. Okay, wait for it. Dakuma sends me a text today that says, I have a kid here driving. She was doing the range. She's like, I have a kid here driving who's never driven before. And then she sends me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> What's his name from the office? Steve Carell. Steve Carell. <laughs> Gif with his, like, biting his lower lip. Like, oh. <laughs> I, I said, I told Chad, oh, sorry. I told Chad that he's giving me an ulcer watching this kid. <laughs> I had him drive in a circle for 45 minutes. In a circle. I had him just drive the perimeter. I didn't do? I didn't dare let him go inside. <laughs> well, it took him 45 minutes to not stop and start. This is and a then, This is then automatic. I had him cut through the middle. There's a middle road that cuts... Yeah, the middle. Yeah, we all drove on that range. I'm like, let's go ahead and see if you can do a right-hand turn. Mm, No. Took him five minutes to get a right-hand turn, go down the middle lane, do a right-hand turn, and do half of the circle. Remember that five-year-old that took his his mom's car and made it all the way out to I-15? No shit. (laughs) Guess what? What was he going to get, a Lamborghini? Oh, there's that kid. But how about the seven-year-old that was in my ward that didn't want to go to church, and he stole the parent's car? To get away. Before he make it. Um, a cop pulled him over. A Weaver County Sheriff 
pulled him over out there in Plain City. And then... Did he stop? Yeah. Um, no, he drove himself home and put the car back in the driveway and then got out of the car and ran into the house because he was driving erratically on a Sunday morning. And so... Uh-huh. <laughs> so then the police officer knocked on the door and his mother came to the door and she's like, hey, what's up? And he's like, your son was just driving your car. And she looked at him like he was smoking crack. And she's like, no, he's not. (laughs) She's like, he's in the house. She's like, Preston. She went and found him. Sure enough, Preston had stolen the car. I had him in Sunday school. He's the cutest kid there ever was. And so then his parents. um, They have a video uh, there's video of it. There's dash cam, and they got on. They went to the Today Show. Oh, I didn't know that. And um, they're this is not like a proud moment in their life. People were calling them off, like their phone would not stop ringing. And so they finally, so Preston is graduated from high school now. I think. Oh wow. Or yeah, because he's a year older than Seth, and Seth will be a senior. So anyway, <laughs> they went to the Today Show, and she's like, I just didn't want to like you know, applaud this behavior because he was naughty, but they just couldn't. Right. You know, like people wouldn't leave him alone. And so you can see, like you can find the video of it. Melanie was having none of it. She was like mortified. She's like, we're just really embarrassed. That's what we are. We're just really embarrassed. He didn't want to go to church. So he took the car. Went on a little joy ride. (laughs) I feel you. Well, what I think is amazing at seven years old that he got the car back in the driveway. After taking a loop out there in Plain City. That really is a talent. Because he lives on that, you know, that 1500? That's where they live. Just on that road that's coming before you turn left to go into my neighborhood. Oh, yeah. If you just kept going west, like four or five more houses, that's oh, where wow. they live. Yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> uh, I don't no, know. I was making cookies one night. I was 15. and have my permit or a license. <laughs> I was making cookies at Christmas and... Uh, we needed at, powdered butter, butter for frosting. Oh, I'm like, and we were out of chocolate chips because the boys ate them all the time? Oh, different story. Okay. So anyway, it was Christmas time, and it was my job to make all the sugar cookies. And I had, like, four times the batch because, you know, it would get eaten. Yes. Like, no. So it <laughs> you don't say. <laughs> I think I ate most of them. I think we all ate most of them. We didn't even wait till we got frosting those. on them. I still love them. And I always four times that batch. Well, it took me all night to make them and frost them, you know. Yes, I do. Oh, I needed more stuff, and I didn't want to finish them tomorrow, so I went and told mom she's asleep. You know, she's asleep, asleep with the dead. <laughs> I said, I need more. I need more um, frost. I need more butter and powdered sugar. And she told you to she's take like, the car. Okay. I said, Do you want me just to take the car? <laughs> okay. <laughs> she honestly so would have agreed to sell her soul to Satan. If you would have left her alone for another hour's worth of sleep. Oh, I do that to my kids now. (laughs) Keely would be like, Mom, I need some money. I'm like, take the 20 out of my wallet. Then during the day, I call her up. Did you steal money out of my wallet? (laughs) The 20 you told me to take? I happened to the car because I could not park. (laughs) You don't say. Got up the next morning. This is my shocked face. The heck happened to the car? Go. It's like, oh, well, at least I wasn't parking in Mr. Friendly's driveway. No, <laughs> Mr. Goodness. <laughs> Mr. Mr. Goodness, Mr. Friendly. 
Mr. Goodness, you weren't drunk in the middle of the night and parked in the neighbor's driveway. The interesting thing is that that he made it home to his own bed. After parking in the next door neighbor's... After parking in the next door neighbor's driveway. He had the presence of mind. I see why get killed for breaking and entering. No. I'll try to climb in someone else's window. I can see Mr. Goodness being like, uh... Could you come get your car? Could And your kid? <laughs> How about when my friend, remember my best friend, my BFF from childhood, when she used to sleepwalk and she went over to the next door neighbor's house at midnight, knocked on their door to say that she was there to babysit? No. <laughs> well, when mom and dad left on a trip when I was 15, the Suburban had a full tank of gas <laughs> and I was nowhere near a license, but I know where the keys were. <laughs> And I called up my friends, and we took that sucker. We drove all over. Roy and Hooper picked up every barricade we could find. Put them all over the roads. Caused all sorts of havoc. Mom and Dad got home, and I had driven out like $50 worth of gas out of the Suburban. Imagine that in like 1986. The Suburban that got like four gallons to the mile. Is that what it was? (laughs) Yes. Something like that. Well, at least you didn't go to Space Needle. No, that would be when I stole the car when I was 18. <laughs> I told my kids that you stole the car and that I was complicit and funded it. Do you remember that I gave you money? I gave Melinda money for that trip. I, I couldn't even steal the car on my own dime. I had to steal the car and borrow money from Mary and then threaten her with death if she told. I had $50 that I had saved from babysitting and I gave her my money. Mary, I need your now, money. Now, see, I'm the person that told mom and dad. Oh, did you uh, tell Melinda them? is going to Wendover, speaking um, with her friends, and then going to Wendover at the middle of the night in the car. And <laughs> I said, you can't say anything to her mom. says, okay, we'll take care of it. Oh, oh I spilled. Wendover? On that trip? That was when oh, I went to Seattle. That, no, when she went way. to Seattle, I, I finally. Going to oh, in the middle of the night, yeah. Finally, Melinda called her. and said something. Somebody called. And Lance and Mom were freaking out, and I was sitting on this top stair coming into the house with a very guilty look on my face. <laughs> so one of your, did Heather's mom call, or dad, or somebody call to say that these kids were not going, anyway, because she I was, remember how she was supposed to go to the arts festival in Cedar City? Park City. Park City. So somebody uh, called. Wait, wait, and, space Needle. Yeah. So somebody called and said that's not where they were going. And then mom is thrown, like, she's having kittens. Like, stuff is going down. Lance is there, and then I'm sitting there, and I must have, like, guilty written oh on my, my forehead. And finally... You were such a patsy. <laughs> finally, those two look at me and say, do you know anything about this? And I spilled the tea. Like, I sung like a canary. <laughs> and I'm like, no, they're going to Seattle. I gave Melinda $50. You what? <laughs> I was in so much trouble. <laughs> so Mary took the brunt of it. I did. And mom was so pissed. I remember that. I don't know what Melinda said on her side of the com- the phone conversation. But I remember her telling her what an idiot she was. That she could end up dead in a ditch. I hope you enjoyed your drive. That's my car, you moron. I'm going to report it stolen. What the hell did you think you were going to do? And get your ass home. Yeah, she told me that she had reported it stolen. She didn't. She lied. Of course she lied. (laughs) She was so mad. I believed her. And I believe 
dad got on the phone and said, get your ass home. <laughs> he did. I was there. I was like, I was sweating buckets. I was drenched. <laughs> and I thought, mm, yep, I think I crossed the line here. <laughs> I don't think you ever paid me back. Melinda <laughs> owes me $50 for, for her trip to You know Seattle. what? You owed me. Because you told. You had a, It was I, a promise. I couldn't. I did promise, but Lance almost killed me. Like, yeah. it, was, it was... You left me. Oh, Molly? Yeah. <laughs> Molly? You in trouble, Our girl. Sucker, Mary. She is a sucker. I was a... She... I owned her then. Do you I know? Owned her now. That's so true. Do you know that I am incapable of lying? She should have known that then. I could never, ever. Do you know that mom and dad did not know that seminary gave out grades until I went to the ninth grade? <laughs> I'm the fifth child. I came home with an A in seminary because I did all my seminary homework. I was super proud. Yay, look, mom. And mom said to me, and Melinda when was. When did they start giving out grades? She goes, when did they start giving out grades? And Melinda shot daggers out of her eyes at me. <laughs> and Randy said, you ruined it for me. <laughs> it's over. You've killed it. We oh have a good God, thing going. I never cared what my grades were. So. Well, clearly, and you didn't ever show them to mom because you know, I don't really tell my kids about the space needle event. It's still kind of a secret. There's my past is like a shady place. It gets fuzzy. People refer to stuff, and my kids look at me with this puzzled look, and I'm like, I don't know what they're talking about. <laughs> It was a different time. It was a different age. How about we were when you raised in a different generation? How about when you went to church and Cassie Howe? Oh my good hell. <laughs> I mean, I was so drunk. I did not. She I was. Couldn't... I was. First of all, I'm so naive. I did not know that she was drunk. I didn't know that that's what this was. But she was so drunk. Cassie Howe, she saw her in the foyer at church. And Melinda, she gave Melinda a hug, and then she raised her eyebrows, and Melinda started crying about something. She didn't stop crying, and she she was one of those weepy drunks. I love you so much. Well, because I had gotten in so much trouble that morning when I got home. <laughs> and Mom's like, well, we're going to church. And I'm like, do you want me to go? She goes, well, might as well. Come on. You got to love that about Mom. Hey, this is a teaching moment. I know that you're completely wasted. Let's go to church. <laughs> oh my gosh. So Nor, and she did not give a shit what the neighbors thought. Ever. Ever. People don't really, I don't know that they really believe how much she we were care. raised on. She did not care what the neighbors thought. Yeah, well, Cassie Howe thought that was the funniest thing that ever happened. Yeah. She didn't stop. I think she's probably laughing in heaven. I'm sure she, she is. She was the funniest thing that ever was, and I miss her. Oh, my gosh, that was funny. <laughs> I did yeah. tell the kids about that one, my kids. and Mine sort of know, but they Sethers. still don't really understand it. They're like, huh? <laughs> because I cut off the story halfway through. <laughs> this is the after party, and it has to go online. <laughs> Parts of it will be edited. Do not edit <laughs> it! For proprietary reasons. Have you been recording that, Melinda? Yeah. Oh, yeah, it's all going on. It's, I've got it. It's all <laughs> recording. This is the after party. She just needs to put a disclaimer. 
any children of mine do not listen to this. You know what? The youngest one's getting married soon, so eh. they're on their own. They're all adults. <laughs> do what you will with this information. No one has stolen a car. Well, Katie did lie to me and go joyriding. But she went to get a popsicle. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I felt like it was really rebellious. <laughs> slushy in the wrong spot she got a yogurt a cherry berry so she said <laughs> you're all in her business you know i i can't believe you would do this to me i was just gonna say i would never i can't believe you would the, do this. The i can't believe statements that's it that's where it's at i can't believe you would lie to me <laughs> and, and be in the town next door be five miles away from where you said you were gonna be you know what we we grew up in a in a more innocent time in a bygone era. You took your car over the state line. Oh you stole it. I didn't you take the yellow silica? Yes, I don't know what how it made it. Kind of crack were you smoking? Know. And you know what? We got lost in Idaho coming home. Left Washington, took a wrong turn. We're going to Montana. How tired were you? Oh, delirious. <laughs> At the point that we figured out we'd driven hours out of our way, we ran into a KOA that had an inside pool, and we jumped over the fence and broke in and swam. <laughs> this is at 2 o'clock in the morning, somewhere in east, eastern, northeastern Idaho. Didn't Dad answer the phone? You called? I believe he did, and I thought I was going to die. Mom was so mad because he talked to you on the phone and told you to get home or whatever because... If it would have been mom, she would have made you wait, and dad would have flown up there and drove you home. There's not a chance in hell mom would have had you drive home on no. your own. Oh, you know what? He wanted to. So I'd, I'll have to talk to mom. Mom was on the phone. She said, your dad wants to get on a plane and get up there right now. So you turn that car around and you get your ass home right now. I've reported the car stolen. <laughs> so I'm thinking, I'm going to jail. This is Thelma and Louise. <laughs> so guess what? A little swim in the KOA pool? Not a big deal. Right. NBD. I'm a no rebel. I'm jumping in the KOA pool. No, this is the big deal. It's like, this is the thing about, like, mom being in business when she said stuff. It's like, that's how my kids were. It's like, you know, you say something, it's like, okay, you think the fat hammer of Thor is about to descend upon your head. Yes. Nona, you threw your kid's TV down the driveway. <laughs> yeah. That's right. Yep. And did you run it over or just throw it down the driveway? Well, I had to go down and pick it up and bring it back up and throw it again because it didn't break <laughs> enough the first time. No. She did. So it was so watchable. There you go. You've, you have, so, you know, you have trained with the master. <laughs> the Padawan has now become the master. You know, and and my other child uh, <laughs> lied to me and stole my uh, stole her Kindle. You know that I'd oh, given her, yeah. and I told them this was a sacrifice buying you guys. Hey, they were like two hundred dollars each when I bought them. I think they were expensive. You know when they first yeah came out, and so I they were spendy, and I had got them for Christmas. And she was grounded. I can't remember what she did. She was grounded from hers, though, for whatever reason. So, oh, so she just wasn't asking for it. Well, it turns out my youngest <laughs> one 
That was your they first clue. Where it was, so she had it down in her room using it. She'd been using it for all the time. And there was cement. And, like, her room was finished and there was carpet. There was cement outside of her room. And I went down there and after I told them what a sacrifice it was when I bought it, you know, because it was. We were kind of broke then. Um, I took that thing and I broke it on the cement. I picked it up and threw it down and because it had a case cover and I had to throw it twice. Mm. To make sure it was cracked enough that it couldn't be used. She had, she had <laughs> it was an Emily exclamation said, point. Emily said, well, why didn't you just give it to me? I said, I couldn't give it to you because it would ruin your relationship with her. It was a Christmas present. <laughs> mom give us, the mom taketh away. If I'd given it to you, she would have resented you. But now she just knows I can't never have another Kindle because I'm not buying her one. Don't screw with mom. Um, when she says no, she means it. In case you're wondering, she's been married five years and she still doesn't have a tablet. <laughs> so.